When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Lots to get into today. Celebration across Husker Nation with the Husker basketball squad rolling number one Purdue. Mike Babcock with us from Hale Varsity and Heard at Sports. Babbers, we've got some things to tackle, bud. Uh, Nebraska v. Purdue, Nick Saban's swan song. And uh, in addition to the offensive line, you've seen a lot of Nebraska basketball, Mike. You've seen uh, this team and uh, the runs they've made in past years. What did you make of last night and uh, how uh, portable is it as we look towards the season for, well, Nebraska maybe being able to put on some dancing shoes for the first time in a decade? Well, I think that uh, I was uh, shocked by the, uh, by the upset. Uh, but as I watched the game, I, you know, I, the, as aggressive as Nebraska was and as gritty as Nebraska was, um, I was more optimistic as they began, as they began the second half. And then you had that run and then they responded to that. Um, I, I just, you guys mentioned it earlier, but every time Purdue did something, Nebraska responded had the ability to respond. And I think that was a, a thing that I came away with that and the way things were distributed among players, you know, everybody contributed. Um, it was a team effort. There's no question about that. Um, you know, uh, Rice Williams, 11 rebounds, nine assists. I mean, that's the kind of play that you need to get from him. Uh, and and you four, four guys in double figure scoring. Could have been six. Um, think, <laughs> no, go ahead. I said it could have been six. They were an eyelash yeah. away from six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need that kind of balance. Just says a lot, I think, about uh, about what Nebraska can do. And I, I was just, you know, now how do you come back off of that, off of the energy of that win? Can you translate that energy into the next game, which is on the road, which is at Iowa, um, or is there a fall off because sometimes that's what happens when you come through an emotional experience like that. But, but I'm hoping and figuring that maybe it'll be a, a, an energy that will carry over to the road game. Mike, whatever you, you look at, at Kise, his performance last night, where does he rank in your mind in terms of fan favorites with Husker basketball? Because whenever CJ was hitting some shots down the stretch, yeah, it was loud in there, but it means something else whenever Kise hits one. Yeah, yeah, he's really uh, he's really popular, and I think it's the part of it is the confidence. For one thing, it's his ability to hit three pointers. You know, that's the defining shot now. The guy that can hit the three point shots consistently, and he can hit them from, you know, it, like he step on the floor in the arena, and it seems like he can hit a three point shot. He, there's no situation where uh, certainly across the mid court line. Once he's open, he can put it up and, and make that shot. And I think that the, just the, the energy that he brings, 
and his ability to hit those three-point shots uh, puts him uh, among the uh, uh, tops and in, in fan favorites. Mike Babcock is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And just to think about last night, Mike, real quick, the first place my mind went to was the first couple of years of Fred Hoiberg. This team was winning seven games. Now, I know it's not the same players, but it's the same program. So how do you wrap your mind around the turnaround that's happened over the last four and a half years or so? Um, you know, it's it's dramatic um, what's happened here now. Um, but, I, but I think that there was a plan, you know, People are like, well, he's not getting the job done. You know, let's let's start looking another direction. Um, but I but I think he had a plan, and and I think he's gotten the right players um, through transfers and so forth um, to to do the to to do the things that he wants done to fit the system that he wants to apply. And uh, I think you're seeing the results of that now. I think that's uh, again, you know, patience is not something that uh, people have these days. You know, it's like um, a couple of years and, uh, well, things are not getting done, let's move on. Um, you got to have some patience. And uh, I think if you do have some patience, uh, I think that's it, it's going to pay off if you have the right coach. I think they have the right coach in basketball. I think the same thing applies to Matt Rule in football. You have to have a little bit of patience in order for him to get the pieces in place to get his program where he wants it to be. And uh, also, um, you get him storming the court with his uh, with his cell phone uh, ready, and and uh, with uh, Trev Alberts and I think uh, Matt Rule's daughter. Right, uh, that says a lot. It was a pretty awesome scene. Mike, Mike uh, I want to shift away from hoops for two seconds and your reaction to to Nick Saban's news of retiring, stepping away at the age of 72. I know there was a lot of crossover, a lot of of blueprint from uh, his time at Alabama and even Michigan State. Saban really close with with Coach Osborne and Coach McBride. Yeah, you know those – we've told this story before probably, but those – two Michigan State games where Nebraska just hammered the Spartans. And, uh, you know, Osborne talked to him after the, the first one and, and said, uh, you know, you're not as, not as bad as this. And I think from that point on, they've, been had, they've had kind of a, a relationship in, in the sense of, you know, doing things in a similar way for Saban. And uh, it – it, on one level, it doesn't surprise me because he's 72 years old and probably looks at uh, it, it, it's kind of time to, to do that. Um, but uh, anytime you have a, a, an icon like that step down, it's a, it's a surprise. Same way with uh, Pete Carroll um, taking a, an advisory role and not coaching in, uh, the, the Seahawks anymore. Um, those are both things that surprise me even though i can understand maybe um the reasoning behind it and and dare i say mike i mean you kind of made the point there was nebraska and michigan state was that the worst loss of nick saban's career i think in a roundabout way you could argue if it wasn't for tom osborne in nebraska nick saban in the dynasty at bama may have never been well i think that it, it certainly um you know one of the things that i remember uh, saban saying after that first first loss, um, you know, if, if the 
if he didn't have the players that were willing to do what needed to be done, then he'd, he'd get rid of them. You know, that he was, I mean, he was pretty aggressive in his comments afterward, but his, his comments included, you know, what Osborne had told him. And I think that was really a, I think that was really important at that point, you know, because there's his first game as head coach at Michigan State, and they just get drilled. And then the next season, it's not much better. Um, maybe even been a bigger disparity. I can't remember the exact scores, but I do remember that uh, uh, that was a big part of it. He still talked about it years later in interviews. He talked about the influence that Osborne had in simply saying what he said after those games. Mike, uh, the names here for the next head coach of Alabama, Dan Lanning, of course, uh, Kirby Smart disciple and did really great work at Oregon. Kalen DeBoer's name's coming up for the Seahawks. It's coming up for Alabama. He's a tremendous coach at Washington. And then uh, the old walk-on that Gene Stallings put on scholarship that did pretty well in Clemson, Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, what um, the names, those are not surprise names, right? Um, what, I don't know. I. I think it's too early to say, you know, maybe some, maybe there'll be another name that'll pop up at some point or, you know, they'll do their due diligence, no question. And that's an, that's a, obviously an attractive job on the one hand. Uh, Saban was making what, 11 million a year? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The new coach probably not going to get that much money, but um, it's an attractive job, but it also comes with a tremendous amount of expectation. You know, can you imagine? stepping in for, for Nick Saban. This was what Osborne said, uh, you know, what it was like following Bob Devaney. You know, uh, Devaney's success at Nebraska, uh, turns out he was a Hall of Fame coach. How difficult it was, and Tom even went to the point of applying for a couple of other jobs. Uh, Augustana uh, was one of them. Then when Nebraska went to the uh, uh, bowl game in uh, uh, Texas, what was the Sun Bowl? Was it in '69? Uh, Tom went over and interviewed for uh, for a job there down there. Um, Texas Tech. Texas Tech job. Yeah, he interviewed for the Texas Tech job, even though Bob Devaney had already said, "Hey, I want you to succeed me when I decide that it's time to step aside." He told him that in 1968, coming back from the Kansas State game. Um, so. Following Nick Saban is going to be a really difficult, great expectations task. And if you go in there and you're 11 and one the first year, people are maybe they'll accept that, or maybe they'll expect 12 and 0. And you know, certainly you've got to be in the playoffs so that with a expanded to to 12 teams. So um, those have to be taken into consideration, I think, um, when you're looking at who might step in there. And there's one name that just keeps on coming to mind for me. Doesn't have a job right now. Oh, I mean, don't know. Really? You're gonna, are you serious? No. no, I'm not going to where I, where you think I'm going. <laughs> Brian Ferentz, welcome to the Tide. That's worse than the name I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I think Schmitty and I were thinking of the same Oh, guy. I know exactly who you're thinking of. <laughs> who are you thinking of? What was it? I'm, I'm thinking he's too under right now in Scottsdale. 
on on the golf course. And not Gary Barnett. No. No, no not <laughs> no. Gary. Uh, last thought, Mike. Uh, you look at Nebraska, and uh, they go portaling again, and uh, they're able to land a, a, a pretty talented transfer in Makuza, uh, Florida lineman. Uh, spent some time at Baylor and kind of a plug-and-play option. We got about 60 seconds. Do you like the pickup? Um, yeah, it looks like he's an aggressive guy. It looks like he can get the your, job done. Your tone, your tone there is beautiful. <laughs> an aggressive guy. <laughs> um, Just the right amount. Yeah, well, I think anything, any help you can get, I, because I think the offensive line is really important to what Matt Rule wants to get accomplished on offense, and you've got to be able to protect the quarterback, and you've got to be able to open some holes to be able to establish a running game. So you can't have too many offensive linemen, I think and uh, create some competition there and fill in some spots. Mike Babcock, subscribe to him with Hurt at Sports, his biweekly newsletter, MikeB at HurtAtSports.com. Send Babbers an email, and you can find him, of course, with uh, Hale Varsity. And we love checking in with you on Wednesdays, Babbers. Take care, be good, and stay warm, all right? I'll, I'll do that. I'm no candidate for the Alabama job. Even, that, that's not maroon Babbers is wearing. Way to squash those rumors now. All right, Babbers, take care, buddy. Thank you so much. See you guys.